0: Good day, friends. Welcome to the Daily Bread Scripture readings, devotional thoughts, uh, brought to you by St. Paul Lutheran Church in Clarence Center. I'm Ray Kozak. Uh, this is Holy Week, so a blessed Holy Week to you, a, a time to contemplate all that Christ has done for us on his, um, as we he says in uh, the Transfiguration, his exodus, this great deliverance of God's people that he will accomplish through his passion and his resurrection. So it's a great, a great week. Uh, so i May the Lord bless you and keep you as you contemplate all he's done for you this week. Go to church. Uh, hear God's word for you. Grow in your faith. This is the time. Uh, so I uh, invite you to to do that. Today we're finishing up uh, Mark chapter 16, which is kind of jumping ahead past Easter week, past Holy Week to Easter. Um, but it's where our readings end, ended on Saturday, and I can't not do it. We are going to take about a two-week break from the Daily Bread, so if you've been joining us, so we will be back. Uh, in about two weeks, today we're going to read um, what we all look forward to on this coming Sunday, the uh, the resurrection of our Lord. We're only only going to read verses 1 to 8, and I'll, I'll kind of explain that to you in a little bit. Let's pray. O oh Lord, on this blessed holy week, this week where we contemplate and receive the great things that you have done for us, would you open our hearts that we might know that we are loved and no longer separated from the Father? but we are fully brought in as one of your children. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, this chapter, Mark 16, uh, verses one to eight, it ends in a really funny way and it's really difficult, but the first part is very clear. Uh, it starts like this. Remember there are some women at the tomb and, um, and some who had taken um, the body of Jesus, laid him in the tomb, and then here we have here, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices, bought spices so that they could, is this, a, sorry, so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And there, and they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? So they go without really a plan. They don't have the, maybe the capabilities to, to roll a stone away. These stones are not light. They're there to, keep it separate. So they go, maybe just hoping and praying that something will work out. Verse 4, it does. Looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. And here I have it highlighted. I can't unhighlight it for whatever reason. And I was looking, why did I highlight this? Well, it's, it's basically the old way to say stop freaking out. Stop. Uh, stop not thinking and being anxious. Don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. So this young man, most likely an angel, uh, we, we know from the other Gospels, this young man, this angel, uh, tells them they don't have to be freaking out. Yes, the body of Jesus is gone, but it's, he's not, his body has not been stolen and maligned. It's, he is risen. And notice here, it says, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. I think this is a weak translation uh, from what I've read and from my little bit of Greek that I know. I think it should be, it's more like Marcus saying he is the crucified one, the one who was crucified. So interesting, he, um, he, it, he has been crucified and he remains in a crucified state. And we know this from reading the, uh, the rest of the Gospels. We recognize his, the wounds on his hands and feet and side. In Revelation chapter 4 and 5, he, he is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, but John looks and sees him on the throne and he is, he is standing like a lamb having been slain. So even in heaven, he bears the mark. He is the crucified one. He is crucified forever which I believe is just God's way of showing us that he's always for us. Alright, and he has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Verse 7, But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. Remember, Peter was the one highlighted to to most fully tell Jesus, never gonna leave you, right? I'm never going to abandon you, even if everyone else does. Jesus knew that was not the truth. Uh, Jesus knew that Peter would three times abandon him and say that he didn't know him. So he wants to restore Peter. So he says, uh, the angel says, go and tell his disciples and especially Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And interesting here, this whole go to Galilee, like Jesus does show up in Jerusalem. We know this uh, from the upper room, um, but in Matthew and in, in Mark, there's this idea or this Uh, Jesus is telling them to go back up north where we started, and there we'll begin the mission. Um, So that's where we get Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, which, by the way, Jesus says, I have all authority in heaven and earth. And then what does he do with his authority? Baptize. That's what he does. He washes and regenerates, um, gives the Holy Spirit in this way that we wouldn't choose, but it's the way that he brings us in. Beautiful. Now, verse 8, really interesting. I think this is where the Gospel of Mark originally ended and it says and they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had seized them and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid how could this gospel end on these words they went out and said nothing to anyone for they were afraid does that make sense Uh, I don't know I I think in the context of the gospel of Mark it does because who is Mark writing to Mark is writing to to underground Christians, most likely in Rome. We know that from tradition, plus all the Latin words and translation that Mark throws in. He's writing to people who um, are persecuted. We know that from different things he also includes, where he, Jesus will hone in on uh, the persecution. Like he'll say, um, Mark 10, like you've left everything, um, you'll receive a hundredfold back with persecutions. Right, So even in the best of times, Jesus acknowledges in this gospel that we will be persecuted as Christians. And so these people who this gospel is written to, they, it's shown to them that even the women at the tomb, when they hear from the angel that, that Jesus is risen, uh, they run out and they're afraid it's a hanging question, like if they run out and are afraid, yet somehow the message gets back to the apostles, somehow the message gets out all over the world, even if they were afraid, right, what about you? Are you going to remain afraid? Remember how this gospel started? This is uh, Mark chapter 1 verse 1. It says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. From the very beginning, we know who Jesus is. And we get to see these different disciples, the the apostles and here the women, how they are afraid and how they, they, they don't have it together. And so it's almost a comfort. Like if these great people that Jesus surrounded himself with weren't perfect and were afraid and yet still had courage, what about me? Can I have courage? Yes. Yes, we can. Why? Because he is risen. He is the crucified one and he has risen. That's good news. Um, just as an aside, the um, <clears throat> the the rest of this gospel, verses nine to 20, is not in the best translations. And I just have one note here from my Greek class. Um, it says that, and this is for you grammar nerds, there are no dative participles in the rest of Mark, but there are many in this ending, verses nine to 20. Uh, So that basically means that there's a type of language, a type of form of grammar that uh, Mark never uses the whole rest of the book. He uses it many many times in this last section several times. Does that mean that Mark couldn't have written it? No, he could have. Um, He he could have changed his writing style to the very very end. Probably he did not do that. Um, Probably he wants the gospel to end where it ends in this unusual way they went out and said nothing to anyone for they were afraid yet they hold the secret that he is risen so uh, they had courage so i think that's the purpose is to show us that we also need to have courage and we can because jesus is risen all right that's all for today the lord bless you keep you have a blessed holy week and uh, see you soon bye